This is a Project Humanoid production. Whammo. Project Humanoid, this is Murder My Dude. I'm BP Burke. And today I'm Jackson Wells. And today it's Canada Day. Is it? Eh? I can't oh, oh, yeah. I, I can't make fun of them now. Hmm. <laughs> I can't make fun of them now. They're they're our new like biggest listening block. How about that? Congratulations, us and Canada. A match made in heaven, I say. Yeah. Unlike the couple that's gonna be in our featured story today. That's a bad match. A Randy bad Savage people. and Elizabeth. No, oh. no, this isn't Secrets of the Ring mm. on on Vice. Life. That I I watched that last night, the new one with uh, Benoit, the Chris Benoit one. Yeah, oh my god, that was hard to watch. Ooh, yeah, so tough to watch. Oh, I didn't watch it yet, but I'll I'll get to it. Yeah, uh, but I mean, we covered that one uh, way back when. I think it was like episode three, yeah, or four. It was like definitely in the first like five or six. Yeah, probably an episode you, you shouldn't listen to. <laughs> I feel like I feel like we can we can just redo a lot of those episodes because a lot of them were awful. Um, <laughs> we we, I, we didn't hit our stride. I was gonna say I, I don't think we got into our in in, uh, in our groove. Um, not that we're really in our groove now. No, I think we're in our groove. Uh, but we didn't. I think we have a better understanding of of what the show is today than what we did. You know, than when we did then. I'm trying to say words and they're not coming out right. (laughs) Yeah, so that that's groovy. That's that's in a groove. No, especially like Jackson got his groove back. Maybe next week. But uh, especially when it comes to like the prep side of things, like that when I was like, oh, I know all about wrestling. I could just wing it. Where now I I everything's kind of written out. There's a little bit of a script to it to kind of tear down that third wall. Fourth wall. Fourth wall, yeah. The third wall is like stage let's tear down the fourth wall yeah yeah but what can you do we uh we we covered that one this week we are covering uh the a, a killer killers with well, a lot i mean of i guess that the third wall is no specific wall it's just because there's three walls and there's right. the one wall you don't see which is the fourth wall mm-hmm. which is the audience yes but which one should the third wall be i would say one of the ones on the side because if you if there's no wall behind them, it just you're just looking at like a blank. Or well, there has to be a wall there. in the back. Yeah, so I'd say one of the side walls. Unless you're outside, then there's go no wall right now. Right, outside yeah. is bad. Yeah, it's dangerous. It's very dangerous out there. Yeah, there are thugs out in the street. They're COVID thugs. Yeah, yeah. You think there are like there are people running around with like hazmat suits on, just robbing people? <laughs> Uh, maybe. Hmm. I, I, if I was robbing somebody, I would want to take the necessary precautions. Or do you think all the thugs today are just like, it ain't worth it, <laughs> No, you have to use a, worth it. You have to use a gun. You can't use a knife or anything. Mm. Uh, you can't, like, right, purse you don't want to, Like, I would stab you, but I can't get within six right. feet, so I have to settle on shooting you. You, you, have, you have to be, like, ten feet away. Sorry. In case they try to charge you. Right. And you have to pull the gun. You have to be like, 
please throw your valuables on the ground and step backward and stay six feet away from me at all times. Not not making light of any rape things, but do you think that this is going to stop potential rapists or like, fuck? I uh, think if you've made the decision to rape, you're in a frame of mind where you don't care about physical distancing, which is a new term for it. Oh, it's not social distancing Some anymore? People are trying to say physical distancing now because they're trying to reinforce that you should still be sociable, you should still talk to people, just from a distance. But physical distancing. Fistic, physical distancing. Fistic. I like that. I, I almost fisting. said fisting. Don't do that. Fisting distancing. Don't. I will I will fist you from a mile away. Don't know how. I'm, I'm mentally fisting you right now. You're, yeah. You can't stop. Not you. Don't literally fist people, though, because. No, no. You can literally fist somebody. As long as they're, like, part of your immediate family. <laughs> Uh, Wait, let's, what? let's rephrase that. As long as they're part of your household and they consent to it and they're not a child, okay. then okay. Right. No, or you, a should, cousin. you shouldn't go fisting strangers. Or a sister. Uh, yeah. You should f- if you have a significant other, you can fist them. Right. In a hazmat suit. Um, well, maybe. Well, I guess if you wear gloves, it's okay. Yeah. But, like those yellow, uh, like, like cleaning. dishwashing gloves. Right. Yeah. If you yeah. wear those. Maybe you should listen to your local health department and not us. It's, yeah. Uh, but no, I was, I'm going by that. There's this New York City, because that's like the epicenter of all that's this. That's a place. I know that. They have like, I think, almost 20,000 cases of uh, COVID-19 right now. Just of the ones they've Damn, diagnosed. Damn, they're going to run out soon with all the people hoarding all the... <laughs> no, could you sit I don't think I wish people would hoard COVID-19 we would get through this if you have it keep it yeah don't like, give it to oh hey else. I gotta go to the store what do you need I'm just gonna get a case of COVID-19 what do you want like it's like a beer yeah well, wait, well there ah, ba- shit I ran out of COVID-19 man I think that's if you like remember that thing batch 19 it was like uh, a, yeah I do cores made for a little bit yeah that's when uh when we first moved here as a matter yeah. of fact because I just watched prohibition by ken burns mm-hmm. and uh we had i think i think it was around that time we were on a big uh where i i was at least on a on a, like a prohibition kick right and yeah Coors came out with batch 19 which is supposed to be prohibition what, style what it was right? like yeah what the, what like the recipe that they followed back i uh, guess in 1919 or whatever i remember it was. really liking it on tap we went to a bar and had it on tap and i really liked it yeah. And then we got a bunch of bottles. Got the bottles. And it wasn't as good, mm-hmm. but I still drank a bunch of them. Because you're an alcoholic. And then the next day I woke up and I thought it was hungover. Right. But I had the flu. <laughs> you had the COVID. No, this is this was before. No, it's been around since outbreak. the 1960s. We had this argument yesterday and you said it wasn't, but it literally has been. Coronavirus has been around since the 1960s. Coronavirus or COVID-19? Coronavirus. Okay. That's what I said yesterday, and you said it wasn't. You argued with me. This is a great segue for This Week in Murder. Mm. (laughs) It really is, because I know what's going to happen. You're going to do the little thing, right? I I, I am going to do the little thing. Argument over coronavirus leads to man shooting, killing roommate. I thought you were going to do the This Week in Murder. Oh! I, I just rewound. That's that's the rewind sound. Go ahead. This week, murder. Yeah, COVID, baby. So, what was the headline again? Argument over coronavirus leads man to shooting, killing roommate. Police were called to an Ann Arbor residence after reports of gunshots fired and found that a 20-year-old resident of the city had shot his roommate. After the two had an argument over the coronavirus. Hmm. Paramedics found the man had been shot to be... Well, let's rewind that. 
Paramedics found the man that had been shot to be unresponsive, and he was later pronounced dead. Police are calling the shooting a, quote, death investigation as opposed to a homicide investigation, as the victim is believed to have been shot after lunging at the shooter with a crowbar. So this was a self-defense situation. Self-defense, yeah. Where they were arguing over the coronavirus, he got a crowbar, he, he went at the guy with the crowbar, the guy shot him. The argument when is- I want to know, mm-hmm. okay, fine, let's go with that. Right. Why did he have a gun so ready? Uh, maybe he had a gun nearby. Maybe, Why? Maybe Why he's did one he... of these open carry people. Uh, boy. Maybe he's just... got a gun on his hip like uh, okay. like Tiger King. He's a fucking cowboy. <laughs> he's, he's Joe Exotic. You never know when one of those Corona crowbar guys are going to lunge at me. <laughs> uh, the argument is said to have started after the two roommates had argued about restrictions that had been put in place in Michigan due to the COVID-19 outbreak. The suspect was placed in custody, but specific charges have not been announced. Uh-huh. Probably not going to be a murder charge. Might be like no. a, who knows? Maybe he doesn't get charged with anything. No, and I mean, if 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 somebody's lunging at you with a fucking crowbar, yeah, shoot them if you have a gun. Sure, right? <laughs> sure. Yeah, that that that's a stand your ground uh, situation. Yeah, and and I just I, I it's been sitting in the back of my head here. I want to mention just kind of tied to Lewis and we were talking about New York. Yeah, a little while ago when I was saying like the fisting thing stole place. They put out a guideline mm-hmm. about sex and COVID nineteen. Oh yeah. And one of the things they are greatly discouraging mm-hmm. is, is my favorite thing is analingus. Yeah, it's my favorite. It, do not lick strange asshole in New York right now. You might get the COVID. You should probably probably not do that anyway. That's called rape. Well, no, no, no. Well, even even, even in the consenting really case, rape. unless it's 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 sexual assault, not rape. Well, if, if they're consenting, you probably should still refrain. I, I read somewhere. I don't know how well, you said strange. My yeah. thing is if if it's a strange, if you're just licking a stranger's butthole right uh then that's just sexual assault right you know but i mean if for some reason i don't know if a blind date would be a good idea anyway at this point we're all on lockdown mm. so if somebody's yeah. close enough to you that you're sharing a household with them and like they're you're you're in a position where you could lick their asshole if john cena goes okay. on a date with a blind girl mm-hmm. does that even count they can't see each other well no he can see her but she definitely can't see him Wow, oh, she couldn't see him twice. Yeah. Maybe blind people are the only people that can see John Cena. Like, it's like a reverse. It's like an echolocation thing. They go, and that, that's John Cena over there. What did they do? Are they squirrels? Yeah. Huh. Or bats. Fucking bats. Well, squirrels basically Fucking are. Fucking bats. What? I hate bats. Because of this? Yeah. Goddamn bats. It's racist. The it, speciesist. Bat is not a race. Eh, tell that to the people on the moon. What? The bat moon people. You don't know about bat moon? No. I know about moon, bat they're, Actually, they're called moon bats. Moon bats. My, okay. my bad. My bad. No, look, you can look that up. Look that up on Google. Moon bats. All right. It's part of the new conspiracy show that I'm going to be doing that I'm huh. not. I did that before. It was called Out There. Remember that? I do. We did a pilot episode. Didn't work out too well. It was a great concept out there because like out there like are the answers out there like right. you know space or out there because the whole thing is wacky yeah uh it was good but it got a little too heated uh because i couldn't stay because everything with you when i try to talk to you about things is you don't like to just have a rational discussion you want to play devil's advocate and piss me off all the time uh you just you you're never like all right yeah i can entertain that or all right let's talk about that let's try to figure everything's some weird I don't know. You just you you bring out something in me 
that makes me want to kill a roommate. It makes me want to lunge at you with a crowbar, and the thing is, you don't carry. So now, now's a good time. Now's to a very start, good time to carry. Start yeah. carrying, maybe. Yeah. All of a sudden, yeah. All of a sudden, because of the coronavirus, we're like, yeah, you know what? <laughs> we were against guns before, but I should probably buy a gun and make sure you don't have any crowbars handy. Oh, me? Oh, oh I was talking about me. I was oh. just talking about the. No, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about you. Oh, I but, should probably buy a gun. No, you don't have to worry about me. Because, like, if I haven't killed you by now, I'm not going to kill you at all. Um, It's been 26 years. I've known you for 26 years. Maybe you should buy a gun. You know, if, if that's the case, if you want to play this game, I'll buy a gun <laughs> fucking first. All right? I'll buy a gun first. And if that's the thing, stop coming at me with a crowbar. BP Burke, if that's your real name. It is. Oh. Okay. So what's the next story? Arson charge turns to murder charge when burning barrel found to contain a body. And this is from New York, the epicenter of the outbreak here in the... So basically, the coronavirus has turned New York into Florida. Pretty much. Because all the Florida... We're going to play the New York man game. Well, actually, I did read something. I don't know if this is the only one, but I think the first week of like total lockdown there was only one homicide in new york city the whole week oh wow so this is this is kind of limiting crime because everybody's too scared to go outside that's what i'm saying yeah that's why we're like when people were talking about somebody was like oh you're gonna see uh crime go up and i was like no you're not you're literally not going to see crime. I think crime's either going to stay the same or actually go down. Yeah. Uh, I, because people are, this is the thing people are, oh, you need to stop fear mongering. Actually, this fear mongering is, is, is good for certain things and bad right. for, for others. It, I mean, the crime could go up if it hits a point where people can't afford food. Right. And they're going to go yes. like loot supermarkets. Well, they do that like anyway. That. That's why people do right. crime. That's why yeah. they do crime. But it, I mean, obviously like unemployment's through the roof and and things like that so mm. with that in mind that might robberies might go up but yeah there's a lot the just thing, less people congregating so but the thing about the unemployment thing like is that. is it's temporary it's temporary unemployment not for everybody like if a like if, if a restaurant or something that goes out of business then it's permanent if they open i up think a lot of these are, are supposed to be getting rescued anyway so yeah they, that's it's yeah they're 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 working on it in washington uh, yeah it's, it seems to be one of these like it's literally an as this as we record this it's in the process of being hammered out yeah like hey you, you know uh i think like something like rent for a lot of things are are like well, I know you some can't be evicted yeah i know some states are like putting a moratorium on evictions i thought that that was just like a national i think thing, it is, is a it? national yeah thing. i think i think it is yeah um which is great that's that's amazing i know one thing they're talking about and and, and as we're recording this they haven't actually i think they're voting on it now the so let's be clear thing. let's talk about breaking down the fourth wall again we're actually recording on a wednesday right not a tuesday like we normally do um it is the 25th of march 2020 I was uh, I was way too tired last night, and I thought I was going to go to bed. Early. I did go to bed earlier than than I thought, but I was just exa- like just mentally exhausted and physically just tired. Even though I didn't go to bed or, like as early as I wanted to, um, I just didn't. I just didn't have it in me. And today I woke up. I almost called it off again because uh, just stomachs bother me, and I had a really, really, really bad headache, like a migraine, when I woke up. Do you have a sore throat? No, I don't. Oh, good. 
Apparently, that's like the keystone like symptom of. No, I get you know I I get headaches. It's just the way I sleep. I sleep on a couch. I don't even sleep in my room anymore. I sleep on the couch, which I have been since November. Uh, I think it's like it's like a loneliness thing. It's like. You know, you sleep in a, I have a king size bed. I sleep in a bed. There's nobody to sleep in the bed with. It's a, uh, you know, you kind of wake up, you look over for you. You have a king size bed. You sleep in your bed. I'm sure you're completely fine. You're like, yeah, I have the whole bed to myself. Yeah. This is great. You know, for me, it's like, I'm used to sharing a bed with somebody and, you know, and then being single. Yeah. You know, it's, it's kind of depressing for me. So I've gotten into the bad habit though, just reading all these like COVID-19 horror stories. That's of, like, your fault. <laughs> it's like in fault. the middle of the night. It was like, it's an, I know it's a bad thing to do. And it's like, oh, this is like a 12 year old. that's on a ventilator. And it's like, yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. And do you know what I've been it's doing? It's not just for old people anymore. Do you know what I've been doing? What? Not doing that. I've right. not been reading that shit. I've not been reading that because I'm still sick. Three weeks later, I'm still sick. There's still something wrong. And I'm like, do I have it? I don't know. I have no idea if, if I have it, but I'm not dead, so that's the good thing. Um, I mean, I'm not sick, sick, like, like feeling like I only felt like that for a few days, but it was still like, still like in my lungs, you know, you could tell like when there's, when something's off, you know what I mean? Right. Like it's still, it's still in my lungs slightly at this point. Like I'm definitely recovering. Um, but I've been going on uh meet me. I'm not sure if you're familiar with what Meet Me is. Just from what you've told me about it off the air. Yeah, so so I was I have a plenty of fish profile, and all of a sudden they had like a live uh, feature, and I guess they they implemented this like because a periscope type thing. Or yeah, something? so right. So what happened was they they were like, okay, let's let's uh, let's partner with Meet Me for this since we don't really want people going out and meeting each other right, right now. You know, uh, so this is a good way for people to connect without physically having to go meet each other. So they partner with meet me and I click this live thing. And all of a sudden I'm taken into this, like all these like different, like, ca- like rooms, basically you can go in where somebody's like camera. Uh, and then you can like guest on somebody's thing where you, you hit it and then you go on and then you're on camera with that person, like in a, in a box up in a corner, mm-hmm. or you can do a thing called battle where, It'll be your, your, your camera next to somebody else's camera. And then people will send gifts. So you can buy gifts or you can get free gifts, like awarded to you like every so often. Right. And, uh, and then you battle somebody, which is they, you know, they send gifts to somebody. Then what happens, I guess for every gift, you get a diamond and for 80,000 diamonds, Uh you can cash out when you get that. And uh, it, like eighty thousand di- uh, diamonds is like two hundred bucks. Oh wow! And there are girls that have millions of diamonds. Jeez! So there's girls making thousands of dollars off of this thing. All right. Yeah, and I mean there are girls that get like eighty thousand di- uh, diamonds in like, I mean an hour. Wow. Two hours. Good like, racket. Yeah. Go for, yeah, go for them. Then you have other people like freaking out. There's drama, just like there's going to be, you know, with anywhere on else. the internet. Never, I know. Never. I, I just saw somebody, and I was like, I had it. I had to say something. I didn't. I got blocked because somebody was like, some dude was like, um, yeah, man, is like, you know, I'm bored as shit. Like, I can't go anywhere. She's like, this girl's like, well, what do you mean you can't go anywhere? He's like, I can't go anywhere. Yeah. And she's like, what? What do you mean? Like, why are you saying you can't go anywhere? He's like. 
because of the coronavirus. Like, I'm quarantined. Like, I can't go anywhere. She's like, why not? And she's like, who cares? Like, just go out. Go, You know, like, stop. Basically, like, stop listening to, yeah. you know, doctors and everybody else. Just go out and do it. And it's, it's like you are part of the fucking problem. Right. You're part of the problem. You know? And unfortunately, it did hit uh, our home base, Delaware County, Pennsylvania. Two deaths today. In, in Delaware County. Really? Yeah. Where at? Um, I think one person was from, like, I, I want to say Ridley Park, and I think the other one was from, like, Morton. So close by to where we were from, yeah. <laughs> Older people. One was 86, one was 85, but, yeah. That's from? From COVID, yeah. Oh, jeez, man. Uh, yeah, one was, like, staying in a nursing home, and the other one, I think, was at home and then got sick and then went to the hospital. And that's when it's really devastating if it spreads to a nursing home. That's what happened in the Seattle area. Right. And that's why they are way, 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 way high up on the death count because apparently it just ravaged this one nursing yeah, home. Yeah, like, I saw somebody be like, you know, I, I don't want to be a dick or anything, but, like, who cares? They're old anyway. It's like... Oh, no, you, no, I care. You motherfucker. Everybody should care. Everybody should care. What a piece of shit, you know? that That's the one thing about going on, on things like Meet Me. You are exposed... A little bit more now to people that you typically wouldn't talk to, you know, because mm-hmm. you're 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 finding different personalities, different ages, different, um, you know, different. Because I think there are different worlds, you, you know, like somebody that's that's uh, twenty years old listening to a certain type of music, they're in a different world yeah. than somebody that's thirty nine. Listening to, you know, Nirvana still. Right. Or, you know what I mean? Because he can't let go of his youth. Um, is it because of that or is it because the music now is just really bad? Music now is awful. But, <laughs> you know, but I mean, we, we you know, don't you think parents said that about our oh, music? Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. It's just, it's a part of aging. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm making a joke. Like, but. no, but they probably did. But I still think that, like, 80s cartoons are better than, and, and early 90s is better than any fucking era. Before and after. Right. I, no, still, I, I, I think that. And I think that 80s and 90s music is the best. Like, I like some 70s. Mm-hmm. I like some 50s and 60s. Don't get me wrong. I like yeah, some early 2000s. I'm in the same boat as you, yeah. But fucking 80s and 90s, dude, you can't fuck with it, in my opinion. And that's my opinion is the only opinion that, that fucking counts in this. Because it's mine. You right. know, I'm not going to be like, oh, shit, you like Fetty Wap better than... Phil Collins? Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> Fetty that, Collins. That, that's the eternal debate. Fetty Watt versus Phil Collins. I want Fetty Collins. Yeah, they should do a collaboration. They should. They should do that. Um, I don't know. I guess I guess you could see it coming here tonight with one eye. There you go. Yeah. Do you want to reread the headline on this? Because it's been a while. Yeah. Oh, that's, uh, that's a song by Stained. It's been a while. And it is, yeah. Arson charge turns to murder charge when burning barrel found to contain a body. Derek Whitaker, 53, was initially arrested for arson, concealing a corpse, hindering prosecution, and witness tampering when he was caught burning a body in a barrel in the Bedford Stuyvesant apartment where he worked as Bed-Sty. a superintendent. Bedsty, yeah. Because I don't think I said Stuyvesant right. I don't know how to say that word. I guess if it's Bedsty, it's probably Stuyvesant. Yes, Bedsty, we'll say. Yeah. So it's a borough. It's an. It's a. It's not a borough. It's a, a section of Brooklyn. Yeah. And uh, so he was caught burning a barrel there. A body was in it. After further investigation, police added a murder charge. Whitaker, who is currently being held without bail at Rikers Island, 
is no stranger to issues with the law. Whitaker's rap sheet boasts dozens of arrests on his record, and police believe he shot 55-year-old Jonathan Blake somewhere else, transported his body to the apartment, and attempted to burn Blake's body in the basement. Blake's family became concerned for his safety when he went incommunicado for several days, and were especially alarmed when he didn't show up for church. Whitaker did show up, however, and made a scene. He took Blake's normal seat, banged on the floors, and declared himself a, quote, changed man. Whitaker even exchanged a hug with Pastor David Blake, Jonathan's brother. Police believe that the murder was over a romantic rivalry that Blake and Whitaker were interested in the same woman, specifically. So he kills this guy. Right. Goes to the church. Right. And hugs the dude's brother. Yep. Oh, wow. Which, by the way, don't go to church right now. I know it's something where... Yeah, and there there are pastors that are out there that are telling people and bragging. Like, there's this one pastor who's bragging. He's like, I just had a thousand people in my church and telling people to come and shake hands. And Yeah, he's busting people in. Disgusting. And it's in Louisiana, which the the per capita infection rate, like the hospitalization per thousand people rate right now, or infection per thousand people rate, is almost as high as New York, because New York has a lot more people. Right. And there's an order, like, nobody, no gatherings over 50 people. But he's like, yeah, it's our right for a free religion. If you're allowed to keep stores open, I can keep my church open. Yeah. It gets to be fucking heated, man. It's, it's it, gets me, it gets me really, really, really fucking heated. So, all right. Um, so let's, uh, let's, let's take an ad break. Let's take an ad break. Let's stop. We'll be right back with our feature. Hey, this is Jackson Wells. You know me for murder, my dude, but you may not know that I have a new nostalgia podcast. Talking Back is my new podcast where I'll talk about everything from bikes to trains to, well, you get it. We're going to be talking classic toys, cartoons, wrestling, games, and more. And it's not just me. I'll have a new guest on each week to reminisce about their childhood favorites. Make sure to visit ProjectHumanoid.com to figure out more about guests, the premiere date, and other information. And follow Talking Back Pod on Instagram as well. That's T A L K I N B A C K P O D on Instagram. Have you heard about the snarkremark.shop? Well, if you've listened to this podcast before, then of course you have. But let me tell you again the Snark Remark is an Etsy shop offering buttons, lapel pins, magnets, vinyl decals, and more. The most popular item is the custom lapel pin with your face on it for $9.99. They even have digital protest signs you could download and print yourself in minutes. Well, who was in charge of such a fine establishment, you may ask? Well, that would be my pal Tate. She's been my go-to artist for years. She's reliable, easy to work with, and has a five-star average on Etsy to back it up. Add promo code MMD10 for an additional 10% off. The snarkremark.shop. Give snark, get laughs. And we're back, and here it is. This is it. This is uh, this is de- dedicated to our friends in the Great White North, who have been really responding to our show and have been just a bigger and bigger part of our audience. It- it's time to kind of look at one of the most notorious, notorious, notorious cases of serial murder in in Canadian history. It's the uh, it's the guy that was the the deaf mute, who was the uh, basically the. I guess like the Alfred to Batman and Zorro. Who's that? Bernardo. Bernardo. Yeah. No, not that Bernardo. Wait, it's not him? No, it's Paul Bernardo and Carla Homolka. Huh. 
I think uh, I think the guy from Zoro's name is Bernardo. I don't know. I think it's. Do you remember Zoro from um, Disney Channel? Barely, mm. barely, barely. Uh, but this is the, these two had a lot. Well, Paul Bernardo specifically, but these two uh, together had a lot of different names. The schoolgirl killer, Paul Bernardo, sometimes called. They were called the Ken and Barbie killers. They were called Paul Bernardo himself was the Scarborough rapist. So let's kind of break down what uh, what happened here. Because we've covered a lot of topics throughout the history of the show. We're on, what, I think this is like 56, 57? Yeah, uh, real quick. Bernardo was De- uh, Diego de la Vega's servant. Uh, Zorro's sidekick in many versions of uh, the Zorro legend. I just remember Bernardo from, yeah, from the yeah. the Disney uh, version. Not that Bernardo. Not that Bernardo. I kept thinking of, uh, there was this guy, Mike Bernardo, who was like a K-1 kickboxer. Okay. Also not him. Hmm. This is uh this is a very bad man, as we we are wont to say. He's a bad man. Bad, bad, bad man. And, and we've covered a lot of bad people and a lot of different types of bad people throughout the show. We're we're doing this for you, Canada, for you Canadian fans, uh, because you showed us a lot of love. Uh, we also got a lot of love on our uh our thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> our thank you, um, I was going to say video. We didn't do a video. No, uh, a little recording. Or, yeah, recording. That's the word. Uh, I couldn't believe that one. So our our last episode, we got a, a big number of listens. Seems like uh, quarantine is helping our helping our podcast business out a little bit. A <laughs> little bit. Uh, yeah. And then and then the thank you recording got. It's the second most. <laughs> so, so it's funny. I was like, it's a thank you. I don't think I'm going to put an ad on this. And I'm like, yeah, I should have probably put an ad on this one. Oh. Yeah, I didn't, though. Why are you going to put an ad on a thank you message? We don't need to make money for everything. <laughs> yeah. Actually, you know, it, it's funny because there, there are a lot of people Actually, complaining. in the economy, we do. Yeah, I was going to say, there, there are people complaining about, oh, you're trying to make money. Yeah, this is actually a great time to try to want to make money. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So fuck you. If you're going to shit on somebody for trying to make a dollar uh, in these fucking hard times. So, so, by the way, this is a great time for Dusty to cut a promo. <laughs> by the way, when you come out of quarantine, nothing's going to look better than a uh, Murder My Dude t-shirt. Absolutely. Uh, there, I think there are two different versions. There's the round uh, logo, just a straight up mm-hmm. logo. And then there's the 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 dead uh, the chalk body outline. Do we still have the NWA parody? One I think that's up there too. Yeah, still up there. Yeah, it should. Still. I have. Listen, to be completely honest, so my laptop uh, shit the bed, and I haven't been able to make new fucking uh, shirt uh, shirts or or shirt you know designs or anything really. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't changed the website. I haven't done anything just because my computer is. Because I know one thing we want to do a while back was the fifty uh, percent badass, fifty percent little teapot T-shirt. Yeah, yeah. I haven't been able to do anything uh, in a while, and I haven't been able to change the website. So the website's been untouched for months. You know, it's like a go- it's probably has it has cobwebs. It has virtual cobwebs on it. As a matter of fact, if I could get on there and add anything to, it, I just add some virtual cobwebs. There you go. Just because it's maybe by Halloween you'll be able to put some virtual cobwebs on there. Yeah. So, you think we'll be able to trick or treat this year? Is this going to be all done by Halloween? I mean, I hope. I hope so. Uh, I just, I feel though, honestly, people, it, it's funny because of people that still aren't taking this seriously. Other, like you know, somebody said 
something about like, oh, this is going to be better, uh, like real soon, real soon. I mean, Trump said he wants to have everything open by Easter. I'm like, and a lot of people are going to die. If if we just start circulating, uh, you know, just anything again, mm-hmm. like like you know, like normal, it's not going to be fucking helpful. A lot more people are going to die. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully, hope and everything kind of the idea for quarantining stays. is for us to contain, right, and stop the spread of this. So you know, if you're sick, stay home. Not for period. anything, but but if 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 you know. 10 people have it and we can quarantine those 10 people. Yeah. They, you know, some of them might die, but it's going to be better than those people's, you know, just going out in public and dealing with other people. And then it's spreading and spreading and spreading. Right. Obviously that's, this is the idea of quarantining. Mm-hmm. This is why we're, we're doing this. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't see this being better by July. Yeah, I don't, I honestly don't. And if it is, That'd Good. be fucking great. Yeah, that'd be amazing. But I don't see it being that right. way. Um, because it doesn't it doesn't just go away because somebody wants it to go away. <laughs> That's not how it works. I mean, other than the just the fear of getting it, I'm fine with the social distancing thing. I, I've been practicing social distancing for thirty six yeah, years. Yeah, I I I don't because it's it's driving me crazy. I'm a social butterfly. I'm um, a social caterpillar. Yeah. I'm good. Right. I just don't want to get the, the fucking Rona. Yeah. That's I'm trying to dodge that Rona. Yeah, you, you'd probably be fine if you got it. Probably is not a strong enough for no, me. You got to dodge that Rona. M- most most people that that get it are going to be fine. Well, yeah, statistically, like yeah, most most what, people- like one to three percent of people die, and then like another four percent are like really bad. But we want to we want to keep wanna those numbers those low, people. right? Keep those numbers low. Yeah, I just I I don't know about halloween and i but i hope i hope things are better but i don't think it's going to be you know like oh trump you know trump wants everything open by easter that's not that's not gonna happen that's not happening not gonna happen so anyway like like i was saying earlier a little bit different today we've done things like gacy bundy the big star killers we've done killer duos like leonard lake and charles zing and and this one's a bit of a killer duo too of course and we've done old-time murderers like jack the ripper and hh holmes we've done cannibalism the Appalachian Trail, coffee shops. This week we're covering new ground, though. A killer couple. Oh, I get it. Because just because you say coffee shops. Not that kind of ground. Oh. New thing. New thing. And it starts with Paul Bernardo. Paul Bernardo was born on August 27, 1964, in Scarborough, Ontario, Canada. His father, Kenneth Bernardo, was the kind of father you'd create if you were making up the tragic torture backstory. For a sexually motivated killer. In addition to being an abusive father, especially when it came to Paul's sister, Kenneth was convicted of child molestation in 1975, and Kenneth's abusiveness extended to his wife as well, who largely retreated from the family and lived in the basement of the Bernardo home. Mm. The old adage about children of abuse being more likely to grow up to be abusers themselves was true in Paul's case. As a child, he was straight out of a 1950s sitcom, obedient, happy-go-lucky, studious, literally a boy scout anything you hear like read about paul bernardo's upbringing like uh, people that knew the family like oh he was such a like a classically good kid at the age of 16 though paul's mother revealed to him that he was the product of an affair between her and a previous boyfriend after learning this paul turned very cold toward his mother he would berate her he would call her a whore 
And it was kind of like that facade of normalcy, that facade of that very Ted Bundy-esque, the all-American guy was starting to drip away. I like how you said, uh, it sounded like you said previous instead of previous. Yeah. Is that how they would say it over in England? I don't know. It sounds like something they would say. In his previous life. Previous. Yeah. And and Paul- his previous life, he worked in a laboratory. A laboratory. Yeah. I've heard it said both ways. Laboratory? Laboratory. Yeah. Sure. I actually heard that today. So so Paul graduated from Sir Wilfrid Laurier Collegiate Institute. Don't be mistaken by its name. It's actually a high school. And he went on to work for Amway while also attending classes at the University of Toronto Scarborough. What is Amway? Amway is like a sales thing. I don't know if it's insurance or what exactly they sell. Okay. But okay. Amway is a, uh, a sales thing. Okay. And I think it used to be a thing like people would go door to door. Right. Or you'd always hear like it was yeah. an annoying thing. Like I think in the 80s and 90s, especially like, oh, it's the Amway guy. Wasn't there something with uh, Chavo? Chavo Guerrero, when Vince Russo, here's our wrestling content for the day. I already uh, met, I said thing earlier, yeah. Well, even after that, I macho. Yeah. I throw a macho, and then I said something else, too. I forget what it was. There, there was another, uh, another reference. Wow, there, there's been like, there's been a lot of wrestling references. Very today. wrestling intensive. And we uh, didn't, didn't even really realize it. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Chavo Guerrero, when Vince Russo took over WCW, and everybody had to have a gimmick, he was an Amway salesman. Gotcha. Okay. And it's a multi-level marketing company. Oh. Uh, just so you know, it's a, they, they kind of sell a lot of different things. They sell detergents and, and just a lot of different things. But anyway, the uh, Paul 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 Bernardo was an Amway salesman while he was in in university, as they say. Yeah, and he had a superficial charm about him, and and that's something that has fueled those who label him a psychopath. And he there is a there's a test out there, and there's actually a really good book called The Psychopath Test by John Ronson that kind of gets into this a little more. There's a checklist and sees different things. It's tw- it's actually 20 things, and it's like you can get either zero if it's not at all, one if it kind of applies to you. Is John Ronson the guy that I hate? You don't like his voice. He's this is John guy. Ronson. Yeah. He went to the Institute Laboratory. That's what I hear when that guy talks. <laughs> but, but his books are interesting, and, and if you're into Alex Jones, you may remember him. Yeah. John Ronson was in the Bohemian Grove video. I've video. infiltrated Bohemian Grove. There is a British guy in that video, and that's John Ronson. That's John Ronson. Because he did a- I don't know why I'm making him. Helicopter. I just made him Osborne. Osborne. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What the Bohemian Grove? Was- I was with Alex Jones, and we went to Bohemian Grove. I hate that guy. I just hate his- <laughs> His books are good, though. He wrote The Men Who Stare at Ghosts. Murder Pills! He wrote The Men Who Stare at Ghosts. 1776! Right. I'm infiltrated Bohemian Grove with John Ronson, and when I was there, he said, That would be a fun show if those two did like a morning drive thing together. Yeah. It's Alex and John in the morning. Ooh, wacky whore. I'd listen to it. Mm. So Morning zoo. <laughs> Murder pills. Yazoo. That was John DeBella's thing. Yes, yeah, I remember John That's who would answer the phone. Yes. It always reminded me of uh, Gallagher. <laughs> he had the big mustache. Yeah. And he was balding. Yeah. He didn't have the long hair like right. Gallagher, but he was yeah, balding. It was, he was like, mustache. he was respectable Gallagher. <laughs> he was executive Gallagher. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, Paul. He was business all over. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. 
Front, back, side to side, all business. All business. John all the time. time. I think he's still around. I think he's still like WMGK now in Philly. Magic 103.5 or Ma- something like that. 104.5. That, it, it used to be Magic. Like, I think it was like 102.9. It changed. It's now, it's now WMGK. It's just WMGK. It's uh, if, if you're not a, a familiar Philadelphia radio, it's a classic rock station down gotcha. there. You're right. Yeah. And Paul Bernardo on this psychopath checklist scored a 35 out of a possible 40 Whoa. on the hair Look psych- at you. psychopathy checklist. Proud of you. He and, and he kind of did a lot of the, like, he ticked a lot of the boxes. That superficial charm is something that's very common in psychopaths. They're, like, they seem very charming, but it's all kind of surface level. And and that was definitely definitely Paul Bernardo. And that charisma made him something of a natural when he came to salesmanship. And in addition to selling Amway, he was making extra money on the side smuggling American cigarettes into Canada. Speaking of... Uh-oh, Dino Bravo. You say speaking of wrestling. Makes, yeah. I guess what happens is cigarette taxes are so high in Canada mm-hmm. that there's a black market for it. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know if this is still a thing because they're pretty high in, in the States now too, especially in the more liberal leaning border areas. But yeah, cigarette taxes are so high in Canada that people would buy American cigarettes and ship them up or smuggle them really like kind of, they would fall off the back of a truck, I, I guess you would say, and they would bring them up by the truckload in the Canada and sell them for pennies on the dollar. And Paul was in this business, and and that was how he made a lot of his money. And he took the sales techniques he learned from Amway. He would use them at bars and try to pick up girls, and he had fairly good results. Uh, a lot of people consider him like a good-looking guy. I, he looks kind of goofy in retrospect, because if you see the pictures of him back then, it looks like the late 80s, early 90s. Right. And um, same thing with I'm his... Gonna, I'm going to Google what he looks like. <laughs> All right. And but yeah, he he did well with the ladies. And beyond using sales and pickup artistry techniques, he also had an active imagination when it came to sex. And he would confess this to people. He would admit to having dark sexual fantasies. He loved to publicly humiliate women. And the abuse- he, he has he has lighter hair, kind of like a dirty blonde hair and blue eyes. Um. Yeah, yeah. I get. I I mean. He's yeah. He's not like I guess if if you're gonna he's not like. T- then again, I I see lots of guys today mm-hmm. that women just go crazy for like Post Malone. Right. Women are like, oh my god, Posty is so hot. And it's like I get if if you think he's charming because he's a sweet guy. Right. But Post Malone is not a good looking guy, and yet women will argue. So if Post Malone is is good looking, um. Paul Bernardo is, is is a fucking god. He's a Greek god, <laughs> Canadian uh, god. Well, you know what I mean. We, we don't have a lot of listeners in Greece. Uh, I don't know why he's, he's a Greek. Oh, he's Canadian. Oh, John Ronson. I am not John Ronson. Hmm. Okay. So, so Paul's charisma. Murder pills. I'm not Alex Jones either. Paul's charisma made him something of a natural when it came to salesmanship, as I said. As uh, and and that was a thing that kind of put him through college i guess you could say and after finishing his time at university he took a junior accounting job at pricewaterhouse and around that time he also took his criminal activities to another level and he started what would become a a a, a long long string as a serial rapist he raped two young women and attempted to rape another in and around scarborough in the spring and summer of 1987 he would tend to strike at night he would attack his victims mainly as they got off buses and women throughout the greater Toronto area, by the time 1987 was drawing to a close, were now on high alert for the Scarborough Rapist. 
And this is the first thing that Paul Bernardo is really getting into as far as serious, serious criminal activity beyond just that cigarette smuggling stuff. And so now enter Carla Homolka. That's the other uh, part of our who also um, goes by the name uh, Leanne Teal. Yeah, that that was a little bit later that they started doing those names. Right. Yeah. But but at this point, she's just Carla Homolka. Uh, the pictures that I'm looking at, mm-hmm. there's a picture with with those two together. Um, boy, does she look like her? She just looks crazy. Look at look at the dead eyes. A bit. Yeah. Like she's just got that like her like if you look at it it's stereotypical and it might be wrong you know to say this but if you look at her you're like there's something off with that girl like with those eyes she did do a bit better on the psychopath test though I think she was only a five or a ten out of forty right she just looks that's what I'm saying again stereotypical is just one thing here like they say something like a high high I don't know the exact percentage but a high high percentage of um, CEOs are psychopaths. Really? Because it allows them to make cold decisions because uh, psychopaths don't really have the ability to feel empathy for other people. Right. And they... Um, and not every psychopath acts like, you know... Right. Not not every psychopath is a criminal. Right. In fact, one of the main people that's into this, uh, into the study of it, his name is actually James Fallon. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. He uh, he did a brain scan of himself and, it, and he came up as a psychopath. He's like, this can't be right. And he talked to all his friends like, no, no, you're totally a psychopath. Like all of his friends were not surprised that he he scored so high on this thing. Now, if I scored high, mm-hmm. I don't think anybody would be fucking shocked if I scored high. Right? No. If I, I would if, not, I would not be surprised. Right? What do you think I would score? Uh probably in the twenties to low thirties. Really? Say. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Uh, I think there's certain things like I think you do feel empathy. It's just that I feel a lot of empathy. There's certain That's things the thing. like that are that I think there are uh, uh, um, that that are. Well, what are, what are the what are all of the um, a lack of impulse control? I definitely have that. Thing. There's um, that for me. Uh, let's see here. This is very entertaining. As I no, it's fine. I, I and I need to blow my nose. So this is uh, you know, I wish I could just mute my microphone as I do this, but you know what, it's fine. I could just pause the recording. No, it's okay. <laughs> All right. Professionalism. Yes. Psychopathy checklist. Let's let's run through this checklist here. And then we'll get back to the story. <laughs> and then back to the story. <laughs> Items. Uh, let's see here. I can't find them. Huh. Uh, no, I, 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 I can find this not in a, in a convenient list. Please hold. And we're back as Jackson Wells chews on a cough drop. Thank you. So you have uh, glib and superficial charm. Like, people just see them, find them, like, immediately charming. Okay. Grandiose, exaggeratedly high estimation of self. Mm-mm, no, I definitely don't have that. Need for stimulation. Yeah, I think like, so. Like, some of these are 50-50 for you, I think. You're right, yeah. Pathological lying, I would say definitely not. Definitely not. Definitely not. <laughs> Cunning and manipulativeness. Um... I don't think so. I don't think that I'm manipulative. I don't think because because I'm very honest and I'm all I think I'm always honest with my intentions mm-hmm. where I think to manipulate somebody, you can't be honest with your intentions. So I would have to roll that out. Lack of remorse or guilt. Definitely not. De- definitely not with me. I cry about everything all the time. Shallow effect. Superficial emotional responsiveness. 
No. Wow. I am less psychopath than I thought. Callousness and lack of empathy. No, because I think that falls into the other thing, you know, with parasitic lifestyle. In what sense? Uh, living off of others. Well, I mean, technically, yes. Poor behavioral controls. Yes. Sexual promiscuity. Oh, yeah. Early behavior problems. Mm, no. Lack of realistic long-term goals. Yeah, yeah. Impulsivity. Oh, yeah. Irresponsibility. Oh, yeah. Failure to accept responsibility for own actions. No. Mm-mm. Many short-term marital relationships. I've never been married, but I mean, short-term relationships, yeah. I think I think if it falls into the, like, I just can't keep friends for too long or keep romantic, you know, I fuck I fuck shit up a lot if that's what it is. If it says, if it should, they should just reword it, fuck shit up a lot. <laughs> yeah. Juvenile delinquency. No. Revocation of conditional release? I don't know. Don't what know that what that is. means. Uh, criminal versatility. I don't know how that would fit in either. No. Um, See, so yeah, the maximum score is 40. Uh, if you're over 30, which I don't think it would be, uh, it's like, uh, that's a diagnosis of psychopathy. People with no criminal backgrounds normally score around five, according to this article. Okay. So yeah, not as psychopathic as you thought. So, Cause, Because I think that people think psychopath is something else. Right. You know, for me, it's like, what what would be psychopath? Like if I, if I have like lack of impulse control and I get pissed off in the moment and I do something, you'd be like, oh, that dude's a psychopath. Um but i have empathy and i'm i'm always apologetic for you know w- w- when i look i might not like you and i might not like what you you know what you did that, that caused me to react in a way but i will take you know like i'll i'll own my shit you know what i mean right like i'll i'll own like let's just say you said something extremely snarky mhm never but you but you don't own your your shit and i say something back but I own my shit. Uh, yeah, I don't think that. But 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 also, I, I'd freak the fuck out. Let, let's just say you said something snarky and I threw a PS4 controller at your head. Right. You know, I'm going to look like the bad guy because I'm the one with the lack of impulse control. Right. If I was to put on, and I'm not a doctor, but if I was to mm-hmm. play one on a podcast, I would diagnose you not with psychopathy, but with intermittent explosive disorder. Oh, absolutely. Intermittent explosive disorder, I think. 100%. Yeah. Which would be recurrent outbursts that demonstrate an inability to control impulses. Yes. Including either of the following. Verbal aggression, tantrums, verbal arguments, or fights. Uh Uh-huh. Or physical aggression that occurs twice in a week-long period for at least three months. Oh, yeah. And does not lead to destruction of property or physical injury. Or three outbursts that involve injury or destruction within a a year-long period. Yeah, I I mean, I, I... there's definitely times where like like last year i've had a few outbursts that you know were physical um yeah aggressive behavior is grossly disproportionate to the magnitude of the psychosocial stressors Hmm. so it's an overreaction yeah Uh, yeah. um the outbursts are not premeditated and serve no premeditated purpose right the outbursts cause distress or impairment of functioning or lead to financial or legal consequences. The individual must be at least six years old. I think I am. I think so. And uh, outbursts cannot be explained by another mental disorder and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And this has nothing to do with Paul Bernardo, who no, is a psychopath. But but yeah, probably. so so that's... No, yeah, right. It doesn't have anything to do with Paul <laughs> Bernardo, but it has to do with like understanding what a psychopath is. So, right. so you know... The, I, we were talking about the girl looking like a psychopath, right. even though she 
and her behavior, somebody can say, well, she's a psychopath because we'll get into it right. about why. But no, she's not because that's not what a psychopath is. Mm-hmm. It's you know, that's why it's it's kind of it's unfair, not not just unfair, but it's um, it's uh, irresponsible. It's I think a lot of people also use psychopath for any kind of uh, mentally ill criminal. Oh, they're a psychopath. Right. I yeah. think it's just kind of a catch-all word for yeah, for right. And that's what I'm saying. We shouldn't do that. We shouldn't just put you know just put that label on people when when that's not what it is. Right. You know. Okay. And, and Carla Homolka is six years Paul's junior. She was born May fourth, Star Wars Day, nineteen seventy. Yeah. Right. Carla, so she'll be fifty this year. Yeah. She will be. She uh, she'll be fifty very soon. Yeah, a couple of weeks, uh, about a month now. A little le- a little more than a month. Carla was the oldest of three girls and grew up in the city of St. Catharines in southern Ontario. Her childhood was a normal one by most accounts. She had a deep affinity for animals from a very young age. She worked at a pet shop when she was a secondary school student, and then she moved on to work in a veterinary clinic as an adult. Paul and Carla met at a convention in Toronto in October of 1987, and they quickly took to one another. Carla was not repelled by Paul's dark side like a lot of other women were, there was even a point in their relationship where Paul asked Carla how she would feel if she knew he was a rapist, and she told him she would be okay with it. All right. <laughs> Takes all kinds, right? And eventually, yes. <laughs> eventually, uh, Paul would confess to Carla that he was the Scarborough rapist, and this is where most people would be, I'm going to call the police. And she's like, nah, it's okay. I accept you for who you are. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's <laughs> one of Paul's failed attempts at a rape happened in September of 1987. Shortly before he met Carla, he broke into a house and attacked a 15 year old girl from behind, bit her ear and struck her face. He attempted to rape her at knife point, but fled after the victim's mother entered the room. You know, it's funny how you're saying she she accepted him. There are so many people that I I see on the Internet. Mm-hmm. that when when you look at their behavior and you hear about other people's behaviors and you see the way people applaud things and i'm like what the fuck is wrong with these people and it comes from all kinds all sides the left the right you know mm-hmm. black white uh you name it like there's just craziness everywhere you never you know who you never see crazy on the internet who's that the amish that's right, yeah. Yeah, of course. No, it's not everybody. I wonder how Don't they're make doing. Don't I wonder how they're doing with the uh, uh, COVID. But I'll talk about everybody on. I think they were like, why is everybody getting sick? It's a plague. <laughs> we must pray harder. Huh. All right. So, <laughs> so yeah, what, um, what happened with this uh, attempted rape of the 15-year-old girl was police later arrested a 19-year-old boy named Anthony Hannemeyer for the attack, and he reached a plea deal where assault charges were dropped, but he pled guilty to breaking and entering and wound up spending 16 months in prison overall. He wasn't fully exonerated until Paul Bernardo confessed to the crime in 2006. Anthony Hannemeyer sued for $1.1 million, but didn't win his case. That's uh, that's a shame. That is a shame. He needs a better fucking lawyer. $1.1 million Canadian. That's like 50 bucks. We're gonna lose fucking <laughs> Canadian fans. Now. <laughs> any, any, hey, uh, hey, Gord, any, he's uh, talking shit about us, eh? Any, yeah, uh, hey, he's talking shit about us. 
Give me another uh, Canadian name. Uh, Roger. I guess. Roger, Roger. That's a Canadian? fucking cable company. Harvey. Is Harvey a good Canadian? Harv. Harv. Harv and Gord. Yeah, Harv uh, and Gord. I like it. Oh, hey, hey, Harv. Hey, because a lot of them say "hey" instead of "a." Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We're in a yellow knife. <laughs> Why? They don't all sound like Norm Macdonald. Uh, they don't all have his affect. Yeah. Yes, they do. <laughs> They're all in yellow knife. <laughs> I adore Norm McDonald. <laughs> he can say anything. Yeah. He, he's one of those rape. Liter- he did. He did. Literally, <laughs> he did that. Yeah. He said rape, and it was like, ah, you're fucking hysterical, Norm McDonald. One of the guys who could literally read a phone book and make it funny. I yeah. think Norm McDonald. Uh, and, and Paul Bernardo, not funny at all. Paul Bernardo, very. Unfunny. We don't know that. He could be hilarious. He could be. He does have that superficial charm, so maybe right. he can crack He might be a bit. funny guy. We we don't know, but, but his, his we're, actions we're, his were actions funny. weren't funny. Yeah, let, let's let's right. clarify. Unless let's he wore a clown suit, still not funny. No, no. Do you think John Wayne Gacy was funny? See, no. he probably not. Do you think that there could be a funny? You know, I forget it. Let's just forget. Yeah, that. Let, let's let's uh, let's okay. not even go down that road. Uh, Paul's crime spree. That is a road less traveled. It is. Yeah. And it makes all the difference. Right, yeah. Paul's crime spree. Especially now with coronavirus. Nobody's going down that road at all, really. That's why it's a road less traveled. Yeah. All, all roads should be the road less traveled right now. Yeah. That's the important thing. Right. Paul's crime spree would continue with at least a dozen rapes or attempted rapes from late 1987 to the middle of 1990. Toronto police can caution women to not travel alone and exercise special caution while traveling by bus, especially in Scarborough. And and that's a weird distinction because when all this happened, Scarborough is like the city right outside of Toronto. And now it's actually, as we speak now, it's actually a part of Toronto. Right. It kind of got absorbed by Toronto. But at this point, it was a, a standalone uh, city of its own right next to it. And and police did have Paul on their radar, largely because he obviously matched the description that uh, victims provided. Right. But they never quite had enough to nail him down. There was a very close call in May of 1988. He was chased by a police officer who spotted them hiding by a tree near a bus stop, but he got away. In 1990, a woman named Tina Smyrnas... The sister- I remember her from Delaware. I don't know who that is. They named a place in Delaware after... Smyrna? It's also a place in Georgia. I don't think it was named after Tina Smyrnas. Hmm. Uh, But she was the sister of three brothers who were very close to Paul, and she reported to police that she suspected Paul could be the Scarborough rapist. Paul is said to have talked with Tina about his sex life frequently, including admissions of liking rough sex, including anal sex and analingus. All right. And uh, not now, though. Not in New York City. Not now. Very, very... I, I, I don't know if this is true or not, but I think I read somewhere that apparently COVID-19 can live in feces for up to a month and a half. Okay. So stay away from poop. Right. Don't, 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 don't go near COVID. Eddie poop. Savitz would be fucked. Yeah. Do you remember oh, Uncle Eddie? I do. Do we talk about Eddie Savitz? I think we mentioned him in passing. We didn't kill anybody, so it doesn't really fit with murder. So uh, just, just in case, a little, uh, to catch you guys up to speed here. I, I grew up in Philadelphia, which was the, uh, the first place of, uh, it was the capital Yes, for for a bit it was the capital of yeah. the United States. Uh known for some other things, rocky, hoagies, cheesesteaks, le- the lesser known fucking roast pork, yeah. which should be number 1, really. The flyers. Flyers. The goddamn egg, flyers. Eagles. Eagles. Why why the goddamn flyers? Cuz they start doing well and then 
COVID happened. Oh man. Yeah, that that might be the thing. I'm, it's heartbreaking for a lot I'm, of people. I was about to say uh, the thing I was I was mad the most about, but no, the thing I'm mad the most about is all these people dying. Right. I think the thing I'm second mad, most mad about is people in bad economic conditions because of it. And then the third worst thing is that the flyers were on fire, and now yeah. they're just sitting on the bench, yeah. sitting on the sidelines. Right. Yeah, it stinks. But yeah, so so Eddie Savitz, go ahead. Oh, I, I was like, what yeah. was I talking about? Uh, Eddie's Uncle Eddie Savitz. So uh, just catch you up to speed real quick. There's this guy in Philly named Eddie Savitz. They, uh, I guess his nickname was Uncle Eddie. He would uh, buy underwear uh, from little boys and he would like sniff them and jerk off to them and, you know, do gross things with them and have little boys shit in a bag. And mm-hmm. uh, he would give them money and he would eat their shit. And uh, I don't know if he ever slept with the boys. Uh, there's no sleeping with little boy. That's just rape at that point, really. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know if he if he fucked the kids at all. But I know he would get the underwear and let them shit in the bag. So that's who Eddie Savitz is. You're dismissed. You're not dismissed. Actually, no, no, stay. There's more yet. story. Yeah, yeah. There's Sorry. more. So, so Paul was interviewed after after this again. He provided blood, hair, and saliva samples. And forensics in 1990 were extremely limited compared to what they are now. I think with blood at this point, I'm not 100% of this, but I think the biggest thing they could do was blood typing. Paul's blood was a match, but there were also three other blood samples out of the 230 police had taken that were also a match. So they couldn't say, you're all arrested for being the Scarborough Rapist. But it, it was something they kept in mind. It wasn't enough to put him away, though. It did merit a second interview... And police who spoke with Paul in November of 1990 deemed him to be, quote, too well-educated, congenial, and well-adjusted to be their perp. So again, that superficial charm, that psychopath thing where you can just kind of meet up with somebody and they're like, oh, that guy's, I like that guy. So so what I was talking about, like, stereotyping, like I said with that girl, I looked at her dead eyes and that doesn't mean that she's you know bad shit crazy right it just means that she just looks like she has dead eyes and right in this case he's well adjusted congenial and as well uh a well-educated congenial well-adjusted um but but we know like spoiler yeah. alert we know what he does exactly so that and, obviously doesn't matter and and to kind of put this in a in a thing that people might know patrick bateman from american psycho is kind of what the vibe is here and he loved that book it came out in 1991 and he they say he read it like the bible he he really identified with patrick bateman do you think that uh who's the guy this guy that created patrick bateman sean no not sean uh brett easton ellis do you think that uh Paul Bernardo was the inspiration at all or an inspiration no 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 that book came out before Paul Bernardo got caught Paul Bernardo loved the book this is no, I know, I know that. But when did the book come out? In the early '90s, right? When did Paul Bernardo do all this stuff? In the early '90s. In the early '90s, yeah, it, the book was out before Paul Bernardo got caught, and anybody knew he had done all these things. Okay, so, no, he wasn't the inspiration. I didn't say. Well, I did say the, but I, I started. He to wasn't an quickly changed to an inspiration. No, but he wasn't. Okay, cool. So, so while Paul, I think Ted Bundy might have been the, uh, one of the inspirations for that. Well, yeah, because he was definitely uh, another yeah. charming, mm-hmm. you know, good-looking guy. And while Paul evaded police, he and Carla were growing closer. They got engaged, and Paul was welcomed into her family with open arms. Paul was especially enamored with Carla's 15-year-old sister, Tammy. Paul would sneak into Tammy's room and masturbate while his soon-to-be sister-in-law slept. 
He'd secretly quit his accounting job around this time and became a full-time cigarette smuggler. He once took Tammy across the border with him. He bought her alcohol and they, quote, got drunk and made out. Uh, and, uh... I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that wasn't enough for Paul Bernardo. He had an obsession with taking the virginity of young women. That's probably why a lot of his rape targets were younger women, younger-looking women. He was uh, kind of had a thing for virgins, and he frequently expressed remorse that Carla wasn't a virgin when they'd met. And he began to Paul began to express a desire to take Tammy's virginity uh, to Carla. And for some reason, instead of saying this guy's fucking sick, I need to get away from him, she agreed to help her fiance do just that. Well, because she was just as fucking sick. Yeah. I mean, she might not be. And, and, and I, 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 I agree with you. Yeah, she might not be considered psychopath as far as that scale goes, but she's. That's why they need a new scale. Well, they it's need also it's that, also that's just for one specific condition, right? And she's got some other condition that makes her completely fucking crazy. They should have. They should just call one bat shit crazy, and she falls under it. And so does he. Fucking bats. Fucking bats. Fucking bats. So on July 24th, 1990... She's Guano Loco. <laughs> Guano Loco? Isn't that a chicken restaurant? But El Pollo Loco? Yeah. Uh, Guano is bat shit, right? It is. Yeah, it's, it's bad. So, but but would, it be, would it be Guano Loco or Loco Guano? Because don't they like flip words sometimes and... Uh, well, Guano is not a... Guano would be the, the uh, yeah, I think in Spanish you put the noun before the verb, so it would be guano loco. It would be guano loco. Unless, and, unless. And the it, noun before the adjective, not the verb. Uh, unless you. Uh, not a verb. Not in a verb. Unless you uh, do a Google translate for bat shit crazy, and it comes out to something completely different besides right, like, guano cause, loco. Because like we would say white cheese, they would say queso blanco. Right. They would say, which would translate to cheese white. So cheese the white. noun comes before the adjective. So, in this case, it would be guano loco. Bad shit crazy. Well, it's the same thing. Bad shit crazy, guano loco. Right. We don't say crazy bad shit. Well, that's what, I, that's what I'm saying. But, like, and, and, But for bad shit, that's the... Act. Actually, it's weird because it's bad shit wouldn't really be a noun there. I don't know. It's English okay. is complicated. It's very complicated. Language is complicated. Yeah. And so, uh, on July 24th, 1990, Carla stole Valium from the vet clinic where she worked, crushed it up, and put it in Tammy's spaghetti. When Tammy passed out from the, the, uh, the dosing, Paul raped her while Carla watched. As Christmas approached later that year, Carla decided to give her sister to Paul again as a present. They mixed sleeping pills and a glass of eggnog mixed with rum and gave it to Tammy. They undressed her after she passed out... And Carla soaked a rag in the anesthetic halothane, which she had also stolen from her work, and held it to Tammy's mouth and nose to the point where she caused chemical burns. This time, Carla joined in on the rape of her own sister. 15-year-old sister, she's joining in on the rape. Uh, they took turns assaulting her, videotaping the crime. All right, this is, uh, this is kind of... It's coming right back to uh, what were those? The tool, tool toolbox killers. These two are very similar, I think, to the toolbox. This is killers. what it's reminding me of, and it's just it's making me fucking sick to my stomach. It's an unsettling case. It's a very unsettling case. And according to accounts from Paul and Carla, again we're going by their story, Tammy began choking on her own vomit, and Paul and Carla unsuccessfully tried to re try to revive her. When it became clear Tammy was gone, her murderers had all evidence, redressed her, and called nine one one. Tammy was rushed to the hospital but never regained consciousness, and police were indeed suspicious, both because of the chemical burns, 
which Carla claimed were rug burns. And because Paul and Carla were vacuuming and doing laundry in the middle of the night when paramedics arrived, but they didn't have enough evidence to levy charges. And at that time, Tammy Homolka's death was officially ruled accidental. In 2001, Trish Wood, who wrote an article for Elm Street Magazine, suggested that Tammy hadn't choked on her own vomit and that her death was caused by her older sister administering an intentional overdose of halothane. The article, uh, the Elm Street Magazine article spotlights a psychologist and criminologist, Candace Scrapic, who labeled Carla as having, quote, malignant narcissism. And the article implies that she may have deliberately killed her younger sister to remove competition for Paul's affection. So this article is very much, and, and we'll get into this later, there are two schools of thought on Tammy Homolka, and this one is very much that she knew what she was doing, and she was the one that kind of decided that they should kill her her little sister. And uh, Paul and Carla were now living in Carla's hometown of St. Catharines after this. And Carla began luring girls in for Paul to rape, and she would still continue to provide the drugs to knock them out as well. As part of a cigarette trafficking operation, Paul would occasionally steal license plates from cars, and he was doing exactly that on June 15th, 1991. He was in Burlington, Ontario at the time, and he wound up encountering 14-year-old Leslie Mahaffey, who had wound up being locked out of her house because she had missed a curfew. Leslie asked Paul for a cigarette, and when the two went to his car to get one, Paul forced her into the vehicle, blindfolded her, and drove off. Paul and Carla kept Leslie captive for over 24 hours, drugging and raping her repeatedly while videotaping the attacks. As we said earlier, this is very, very similar to the Toolbox Killers. And the scene was videotaped, the scene was played at the trial, and I don't know if people, I don't know if it's the same thing where people were running out of the courtroom, like, just nauseous, but one of the, the scenes that did horrify a lot of people was when Leslie cried out in pain and begged Paul to stop while being assaulted, at some point, her blindfold slipped and she got a look at her attackers. And that's probably when Paul and Carla decided that they couldn't let Leslie go. So they fed her an overdose of the painkiller Halcyon. Again, uh, Carla's continuing to get a lot of drugs to, to, to help perpetuate these crimes from her work. And they, uh, they strangled Leslie. They successfully hid her from Carla's family when Carla's family came over to visit. And then... Uh, once they had their house to themselves, Paul and Carla cut Leslie into sections with a circular saw, encased her body in cement blocks, and threw the blo blocks into Lake Gibson about 10 miles away. And, <sighs> yeah, it's, it's a tough one. This is, this is a tough one. And, and about two weeks later, on Paul and Carla's wedding day, a father and, and son were fishing on Lake Gibson and saw a split-open cement block by the shore, it had split to the point where human remains were visible, and the father called police. And uh, they had actually used Leslie Mahaffey's braces to identify her. So this is <clears throat> this is where you wanna you wanna take a guy like this and you wanna beat him in the head with a fucking cement block, but then you become just as crazy as he does. But but it's always it's that thing where it's do you you know is it okay to kill the one guy to stop him from killing? You know, 20 people. It's the would you kill baby Hitler argument. Well, yes. he's not even a baby at this point. Right. And the, and yeah, you do kill baby Hitler. Of course you do. Um, But you don't like state state sponsored stuff. In this case, I think it's completely okay. 
Oh, if I could go back in time and kill like these people before they kill people, yes, then you're saving a life. Right. Um, but by the time you catch them, it's too late. My thing is there is the reason why I'm against uh, state sponsored killing any kind of uh, um like electric chair or so capital punishment, right? Um, is because there's always that chance that maybe they didn't do it. You know, maybe they got the wrong guy. Right. That's that's the only reason. It, it has nothing to do with like morals or whatever. Um, I just don't want to see the wrong guy get killed for something that wasn't his fault right in this case we know paul bernardo did it we know uh what's her carla name homolka. what is it carla homolka. Car- carla homolka i know the homolka because tammy homolka you just said mm-hmm. uh carla uh, so you know paul and fucking carla are guilty we know this i'd be okay if if they put them down right i'd be okay with that. i'd be completely okay i wouldn't i wouldn't lose sleep I wouldn't sit there and try to fucking defend it. I think there's certain people, if there's enough, if it's like a Mumia Abu Jamal case, we don't know. There's gray areas. People are maintaining their um, innocence. Mm-hmm. Like a Mumia uh, uh, Abu Jamal case. Right. That's different. That's different than this fucking case. Uh-huh. These, these people are sick. Yeah, they it is it's a tough one to kind of wrap your head around. But what it does is it brings out the evil in you. Yeah. You know, where you could be a good person, but it brings out that little bit of evil for a minute where these people are just evil all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and and it wasn't over yet. By by April of 1992, Paul was ready for another victim, and he and Carla set a trap near a local Catholic school. Kristen French, 15 was walking home from school when Carla approached, map in hand, pretending to be a loss out-of-towner. While Kristen was helping, Paula... Paula. Carla and Paul. We gotta get these right. Uh, While Carla was posing as the out-of-towner with the map, like, confused, and and Kristen was helping her, Paul pulled a knife on her from behind and forced her into the front of a passenger seat of their car. And while Paul drove away, Carla kept hold of Kristen's hair from behind in the back seat to make sure she remained under their control they didn't blindfold Kristen, which means they likely knew they were going to kill her from the beginning. And um, Kristen was taken to Port de Luzie, Ontario, where Paul and Carla were staying at the time. Uh, they were no longer in uh, St. Catharines. She was tortured, raped, and drugged for three days, which happened to encompass Easter weekend. They murdered Kristen on Easter Sunday. Carla's version of the story is that Paul strangled her for seven minutes. Paul's version is that Carla beat her with a rubber mallet during an escape attempt, and then she was strangled by a noose attached to a hope chest. After you kill- know, you kind of wish that, you know, not 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 to. I'm not making light of a thing, but you kind of wish Easter was fucking canceled then. Yeah, you know? yeah. After- not not that it would have changed anything. Yeah, but that, just not. well, schools were canceled then. That whole thing wouldn't have worked. After killing Kristen, Paul and Carla went to Easter dinner at the Homolka house. And then, eventually, they did dump Kristen's nude body in a ditch about 45 minutes away in Burlington, Ontario. Ontario. Uh, that was The place where they dumped the body was actually close to where Leslie Mahaffey, the previous victim, had been buried. And the body had been washed and Kristen's hair was removed to make her harder to identify. And Paul and Carla still somehow evaded police. Even with there being eyewitnesses to Kristen's abduction, they still kind of escaped uh, detection for a bit. Those witnesses told police the car Kristen was forced into was a Camaro, 
And it was actually a Nissan 240SX that Paul drove, a gold Nissan 240SX. Like, I have a, I was going to make a joke, like, a uh, uh, bitchin' Camaro, you know, like, just yeah. uh, dead milkmen. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is this is making me so sick to my stomach just listening to things. And because I, I just looked at autopsy pictures. Yeah, I, I don't do that. I don't go and that far. No, it's not that... Like, I don't have a weak stomach. It's just, it's making me really fucking sad just looking at this and how young these people were. Like, I should feel like this all the time about all of the, all all victims, Mm -hmm. you know, all the time. But just, these people are just really fucking sick. Mm -hmm. They're just really, really, really sick. And uh, I personally can't wait for this story to be over. Yeah, we're getting there. We're getting there. Police interviewed Paul in connection to Kristen French's murder but left thinking he wasn't a suspect. Their downfall was coming, though. After a two-year delay in testing, the Ontario Center of Forensic Sciences finally got around to testing Paul Bernardo's DNA in the Scarborough Rapist case. Meanwhile, Paul's violent streak was directed at Carla shortly after Christmas Day 1992. On December 27th of that year, Paul viciously attacked Carla with a flashlight, causing facial bruising so severe that Carla told co-workers she had been in a car accident. In fact, there's a, I, the he has picture. a picture of her with two black eyes yeah. and everything. Yeah. Uh, and Carla's co-workers went to her parents, who then made the, uh, Carla go to the hospital for treatment. Once there, Carla did tell police she had been the victim of domestic violence. Paul was arrested, but released on his own recognizance. And Carla then moved in with family in Brampton, Ontario. And Paul, at that point, considered suicide, but was stopped by a friend. He uh, had a no written Fuck everything. that friend. Yeah, maybe it would have been better. Fuck if, that friend. Yeah. Fuck that friend. By early 1993, police got results back that were a conclusive match that Paul Bernardo's DNA and the Scarborough Rapist DNA were one and the same. Police interviewed Carla, who avoided any question about the rape cases, but then confessed that, uh, you know, there's all these things going on about with domestic abuse. After she was done being interviewed by the police, Carla confessed her and Paul's involvement in everything but Tammy's death to her aunt and uncle. So she went to family, I believe it was the family she was staying with, and said, Paul's the rapist, we killed we killed those two girls. They didn't mention anything about her sister, but the other two girls he did, they did mention. And by February 11th, 1993, two days after that initial police interview, Carla was ready to make a deal with police. She went in and she wanted to kind of plead, plead down and kind of give up uh, Paul Bernardo. Meanwhile... A name change that Paul and Carla had previously applied for was approved. I know you mentioned this earlier. Yeah. And this is at the point where Paul Kenneth Bernardo becomes Paul Jason Teal and Carla Leanne Homolka becomes Carla Leanne Teal. And I think she would just go by Leanne Teal for a while. Yeah. Carla's lawyers pushed for full immunity, but police contended that uh, they had a different proposal, take it or leave it. Carla would plead down the manslaughter and serve 12 years. Or she could turn it down and face three murder charges because now police were looking into Tammy Homolka's death and saying hey, it was probably a homicide. After viewing the tapes the couple made, it became clear that uh, after viewing the tapes that the couple made later, once they got all the evidence, it became clear that that deal would have never been made if they knew how involved Carla was. But at this point, she's kind of playing the card where I was kind of forced into this, I was being abused, and so she got that that twelve year deal. Where if they would have saw how involved she was in these tapes, she would have been charged with the same things. But Carla took the deal nonetheless and became a star witness against Paul Bernardo. Paul was found guilty of multiple murders and sexual assaults and was sentenced to life in prison. 
Parole was possible after 25 years, but was made highly unlikely by Paul being designated a dangerous offender. And that is the highest sentence you can get in Canada. There's no death penalty. There's no life without parole. Now, do you think she is... Why do you think that she's not kind of staying by his side at this I, point? Do you think it's more for her freedom? I think I think she's like, fuck this guy when he lashed out and beat her like that. And then... Oh, because, yeah, you know, that wasn't fucking shocking I, or anything. I, yeah, like, you should know, like, yeah, you... It's it's yeah you you should know like what this guy's about at this point, and then at the point where it's like obvious that pol- the police know that he did what he did, it's you know I'm gonna save my own skin because they're gonna find out all this shit, you know twelve years is getting off light, so I'm gonna take it. Yeah. And uh, and Paul and Carla divorced in 1994. Carla was denied parole, and she was released on July 4th, 2005, after serving the full twelve years. Hated and reviled by much of the country, Carla decided to settle in Quebec, uh, where her case received less attention than it did in the English-speaking provinces. She eventually remarried. Her husband was believed to be her lawyer's brother. They're not sure about that. Uh, She had three children after this. She was living for a while under the name Leanne Bordelais. For a time, she lived on the island of Guadalupe. Uh, She has since returned to Quebec. It's suspected at this time because she is very much in seclusion. Uh, it's suspected at this time that she is living apart from her husband and children somewhere in Quebec. I, I, I did have the exact name of the town, but I didn't take it down. Carla remains a point of contention. Some see her as an abused victim of Paul Bernardo, who was pushed to join in on his horrible crimes. Others see her as a willing participant who was given a criminally short sentence. For what it's worth, many have pointed out that Paul never killed anyone until he met her. So it seems like when you put those two together, it was just a a, a bad combination. Yeah. And it's more cut and dry of Paul Bernardo. I, I, she should have never gotten out. No. Uh, and, and, and it was one of those things where like, I, I think even like, I think even like the prosecutors have said, if we had seen those videos before we made the plea deal, we would have never given her a deal. I don't know if they come out and said as much, but it's definitely the impression that people have gotten. Cause w- what they thought was the case uh, and what was actually the case were two very different things. And it's way more cut and dry of Paul Bernardo, who remains in prison to this day and will almost certainly be behind bars for the rest of his life. His first chance at parole came up in 2018, and obviously it was denied. And um, to kind of close out here, uh, just kind of close out at that parole hearing where where Paul Bernardo, after 25 years uh, in jail, was kind of up for, for freedom, Donna French, Kristen French's mother, said this. How does one describe such a measurable pain as to give even the slightest understanding of the overwhelming sadness, the emptiness and pain we feel even after 26 years of dealing with our loss? So so obviously, there's no way they're letting that guy out. Yeah. Like I said, she shouldn't have been let out either. No, no. But yeah, that's... And, and that's something where there was a lot of outrage when she got the plea deal. Uh, there was a lot of outrage when she got released. Like, people found out, when they found out she was living in their neighborhood, they were like, she's, we gotta get her out of here. Uh, she did become, like, a, a pariah for, 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 you know, for what it's worth, but, yeah, the, obviously, 12 years for that involvement is not nearly enough. But, with that said, are we able to forgive somebody like that? Um, I don't think it's up to us. I think it's up to the victims' families. Mm-hmm. I think it's up to... 
And the people who are impacted? Well, I mean, also just as humans. Um, because all right, so so how many victims are there in total? Uh, murder victims three. So there's three murder victims, and then I don't know the exact count of rape victims. Right, a lot of rape victims. Let's just say half of them mm-hmm. forgive, and the other half don't. What do we do at that point? It's such a hard thing. Like, yeah. I, I I think I I think if you kill somebody. I think if you, unless it's like a like a thing where you didn't, you know, I, I I'm I like I I'm against the death penalty, but I'm for if you kill somebody, you go away forever. I I don't believe in shorter sentences for it. Like especially if it's like a premeditated thing, like we would call a first degree murder. I don't think you should be able to come back from that. Yeah. I think you sit in a, I think you sit in a box for the rest of your life. I think it really depends on on what the situation was well i mean that's why i say for a first degree thing like crime no. of passion or yeah, like an but, accident or what if like you're that. what if you know what what if you were getting raped by somebody what if it's a lizzie borden deal where um you're just you know because th- there's always that possibility that lizzie and the irish girl were were abused right. mm-hmm. and the uh the dad was you know was right I, I, I would be more forgiving with that, but like a, a predatory murder where, especially something like this, where it's just like, oh, I, I, I wanted to rape her and I didn't want to be identified, so right. I'm going to kill her. Yeah. That there should be no, I, I think that's hard to forgive. I think that's very hard to forgive. Yeah. Well, that's fair. All right. Well, I guess it's time to go home and. Nope. One more thing. Oh, no. It's time for another game of Who Died. Ah! The worst. That's right, everybody. It's time for Who Died the Worst, everybody's favorite game. It's not Who Died the Funniest. It's not Who Died the First. The name of the game is Who Died the Worst. And if you're new to this show, and apparently some of you are... Uh, the way this works is I will give Jackson Wells... That's me. Three deaths. Three. And always three. Always, always a fucking odd number. It's always three. Never could be two. Can't be four. Well, two's not enough and four is too many, so it's three. I don't think four is too many. I like four. These are hard to find. I think we may have actually repeated one this month, this week. Really? Uh, yeah, because you don't want just bland ones. Like, oh, this guy was hit by a car. This guy was stabbed. <laughs> you need something a little flair. It doesn't need um, to be the craziest. It's just who died, the, uh, you know, in the worst manner. Yeah, but it's. It, I think it's a more entertaining segment. Uh, that's a little true. Bit of pizzazz. It is. To them. It is. like the piano person. Yeah, yeah. That, the guy well, who just refused to stop dancing. Yeah, the, the patron saint of who patron died saint, the worst, yeah. Jean Baptiste Lully. Lully. Yeah. And uh, but I also try to sometimes fit into a theme. And this week, speaking theme, of which, I think I know where uh, where we should go next week. Where? So someone a big kick. France. Do uh, you want to do uh, Ira Einhorn next week? He he went to he fled to France. There you go. We'll do Ira Einhorn. Ira Einhorn. There we go. There we go. Finkel and Einhorn. Mm. Einhorn and Finkel. So the theme this week is Canada, and the theme next week is France, and a lot of Quebecois do consider themselves French. Yeah, we just talked about Quebec. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they, it's like it, it, it's hard to. Kind of pencil. Uh, it's it's uh, is it like I almost want to say it's like the Texas of France, but almost like the Hawaii too. 
because uh, it's just like they have that very individualistic thing where they see themselves as like a separate distinct entity which i, I really dig right yeah so yeah so so mu- much love to our uh listeners in quebec even though we are not doing this en français mm. uh so the first death and this is the one i think we did this one relatively early in the run of who died the worst but i'm not going to go through oui. how many episodes to uh to to figure it out this is a Canadian lawyer named Gary Hoy. Oh, Gary Hoy. Who worked in a Toronto office building. Mm. And he was trying to prove that the glass in the windows on the 24th floor office were unbreakable. Unbreakable, Gary. And the way he decided to do this was to throw himself of course. against the window. How else? I mean, you, you wouldn't throw like a chair or anything. You'd have to throw your body because a chair is probably just going to bounce off. But he would, you know, obviously, if you throw your weight at it, mm-hmm. you know, if it's unbreakable, you could no matter how much you weigh, you throw yourself at it. It's not going to break because it's unbreakable. And Gary proved that. Well, he did. The window didn't break. Oh. At least not initially. What? Uh, it popped out of its frame. No. And he plunged to his death. 24 stories. But did the window break? I don't know if it broke when it hit the ground. It may have. Imagine if the window didn't break. That would be amazing. And Gary just lay there and goes, I told you. And then he dies. <sighs> yeah. So, so it, it does kind of hinge on that, because that, that is vindication. Right. But you're dead, so you don't really know it for that long. Right. Yeah. Uh, but that's death number one. Yeah. Death number one is uh, you bounce off a window to... You try to prove that the, prove that the window is unbreakable. But then you show the world that you are not. Right. You are not Bruce Willis in that M. Night Shyamalan movie. Yeah. Death number two. Mm. A 24-year-old woman in Quebec City. I didn't get her name. I got this one from the Darwin Awards, and it said it was confirmed true, uh, but it did not give her name. Uh-huh. And she was uh, trying to catch a bus. I'm going to call her Marilise. Marilise, okay. Yeah. Uh, she was trying to catch a bus in Quebec City. Yeah. And the bus had left on time. She was running a little late. Yeah. She got in front of the bus to try it's to flag hardiness. it. She got in front of the bus to try to flag it down to stop it. Mm-hmm. Uh, bus didn't notice her. Mm. And the motor of the bus was so loud that they didn't hear her. Well, of course. And she was hit by the bus. Okay. So death number two is being hit by a bus. You're trying to flag down. Yeah. Death number three. Okay. Is a man named Franco Bron. And he was an inmate, a 22-year-old inmate, at the Metro Toronto East Detention Center in Canada. And he was found dead in his cell. And it was like an asphyxiation injury. He, he couldn't breathe. And when they were looking in, the doctor who who examined him, Doctor Peter Charlebois, I'm just saying these names because I love I love French. Charlebois is a great name. That's a great name. And I, I, I like Charle. What is it? Charlebois. Char Char what? Charlebois. Charlebois the God. There you go. Le God. Charlebois le God. Le God. Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't know French for God. Hmm. I took two years of French, but I've forgotten most of it. Yeah. Um. And he was the anesthetist and a respiratory specialist, and he he thought immediately murder, because what they found in uh, Franco Bron's uh, throat was a pocket-sized Bible. <laughs> okay. He had a, a miniature pocket-sized Bible wedged in his throat so, like, deeply that Dr. Charlebois 
was unable to pull it out of his throat. He had to get some kind of instrument to pull the Bible out of his throat. And there's like, there's no way. The quote is uh, that the average person does not have the will to persistently shove something of such a size, such a solidity, down the throat. He thought it was murder, but Bron was in a locked cell and no one had access to him. Except the guards. Except the guards. Is this an Epstein situation? Mm. Is this a Jeffrey Epstein situation? Okay. Yeah. So, so death number one, to recap, is you throw yourself against a window on a high rise. Yeah. And it pops out of its frame and you fall to your death. Death number two is you're flagging down a bus and it hits you. Death number three, we'll go with the, what the doctor said. Death number three is choking on Which a... I, I might right now. On a miniaturized Bible. In this segment, I'm always jacked a snack. Right, and your snack today is? Uh, cough drops. Cough, I, I noticed you bite them down. You don't just suck on them. You no. kind of... I like crunchy. I like crunchiness. <laughs> even if, in your cough drops. Even in my... Anything. Yeah. Like, if I'm going to go to... Uh, if I go to Taco Bell, mm-hmm. what do you get? Crunchy taco. Oh, I love burritos, but if I'm getting a taco, I'm going to get the crunchy taco. Right. If I go there, what am I getting? Any idea? Crunchy taco. I get Taco Supremes. Mm-hmm. Mexican pizza. Right. And nachos. They're all good. It's all crunchy. You're making me want Taco Bell. I love it. But I'm never going to have anybody prepare my food again. No, it's okay. At least not until this episode Nah, you'll, is be, you'll be fine. Uh-uh. No. You'll be fine. You can't, you're not going to get it through that. Uh, I do. You're damn right I'm not. No, you can't. You can't get diseases through people preparing nah, your food. Nah, the, the heat would fucking kill it. You'd be it fine. It could be on the wrapper. Well, it could be on anything. I mean, you're out at a store all the time. Like, you go to stores. These are the thoughts going through my head right now, yeah. Huh. Like, I gotta not go to stores anymore. You're gonna be fine. <laughs> you're gonna be fine. I don't know. If, if I take every precaution, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna try my best to be fine. We, we need a winner here. Number three. Well, no, not even a process of elimination. No, nah, not because of your fucking weirdo talk about... <laughs> right. I can't go. I can't get Taco Bell because <laughs> yeah, because of coronavirus. Uh, number three. Uh, here, here's why. Okay. Here's how it happened. <laughs> My new patron, Saint Adrian Monk. <laughs> that man was right all along. <laughs> yeah, right. Monk would definitely survive this fucking. That's right. He's got a fucking. I've been praying for this for years. He has I like an underground af- bunker. I am now afraid of milk too. Um. <laughs> Okay. Uh-huh. I You're, keep touching my face, so I gotta stop that. Oh, boy. I gotta wear mittens. You, what you need to stop is this whole, like, I can't touch. You know what? I'm not even washing my hands anymore. I'm not washing anything. Fuck it. And I'm coming over and hugging you. No. <laughs> I'm, getting the, I'm getting the Rona, and I'm passing it to you. I'm gonna buy that gun. Here's why uh, I, I, I chose number three. Mm-hmm. So, number one... Gary, Hoy. G- what is it? I believe it was Gary Hoy. Gary Hoy. He's an idiot. Yes. Why would you throw yourself at a window? Yes. I'd be scared. If you told me, hey, this uh, this glass bridge is mm-hmm. like you can't break it. Right. No matter how many times you draw, I would be so delicate. I would be tiptoeing across it as right. fast and light as possible mm-hmm. because I'd be fucking scared shitless that they're wrong. Yeah, fuck a window. I wouldn't throw myself against a wall right. in a 24-story window. But uh, this guy 
Yeah, he didn't take into consideration that the window could pop out of the frame. Yep. That the that the glass itself might not break, mm-hmm. but it could pop out. Yes. He's an idiot. Mm-hmm. Why would you do that? You're a grown man. Yes. You're a grown man, Gary. Mm-hmm. Why the fuck would you do that? But do you think when he was falling down, he did the rowboat thing? I don't think so. No, Somebody's got to do it. Uh, so so that's why Gary's was, was eliminated. Mm-hmm. Now, number two. Waiting for the bus. Or flagging down the bus. Tardiness. Fuck you. You're a tardy. And there's, uh, if there's anything I know about Jackson Wells, he is always on time. I'm always on time. <laughs> He's one of those guys, like, uh, if you're not if, five minutes if early. If you know late. anything about acting in, uh, in L.A., mm-hmm. they say it's sexy to be a little late. Right. Not when you're trying to get a bus. If you're a little late, they leave without you. Right. <laughs> and that's what happened here. Right. Maybe, maybe if she would have been sexy, she would have been uh, definitely late. And not, you know, the bus wouldn't be there at all. She yeah. was actually early. Mm-hmm. She wasn't tardy. Oh. Because she got in front of the bus. Well, no, it was leaving. It was leaving and she was approaching. Like, the bus was leaving. She was getting there. It was like, oh, shit. But she got in front of it. What I'm saying well, is... The bus is, might have been headed in her direction, but she wasn't at the bus stop yet. Yeah, but if she was late... Right. The bus would have already been gone. She was just a little late. Like, the bus was leaving as she was right. getting there. And would I, she, I've seen, I've done this. Why would I, she just like run and smack the side of it instead of getting that, in front of it? That's what I would do. Right. I, I've done this. I, I, I have done that. But my, my point I've is, I, I, I hear what you're yet. saying. I, I, and I agree. I understand. But, but if she was really late, she should have been sexy late, like, like five minutes. Right. That way. Well, five would, minutes, the bus would have been long gone. She was like, exactly was like my point, And she would have lived. Right. This is why I don't get hit by buses because I'm always late. Right. Next. Number three. That's why he's the fucking winner. Right. It was because he shoved murdered. the goddamn Bible down his throat. Or, or, or was murdered by guards, mostly. Or murdered by guards. Yeah. I'm going to go with murdered by guards. Sure. Yeah. Or, That's or, why it's the worst. I think it's like, I'm going to I'm gonna eat Jesus. I'm going to I mean, if things. I don't know the context for any of them, right. uh, falling out, out of a window. No, but see, you, you need to know that falling out of a, a window, having a Bible shoved down your throat. Right. Or getting hit by a bus. Bible just sounds the worst to me. Yeah. Because uh, it's down your throat, you know, yeah. like, at least the, the fall. I mean, it's scary for a few seconds, but that Bible and, and a bus, that's instant right. death. Right. A Bible, you're choking. Yeah. You're choking. If there's anything I fear right now, it's a situation where I'm not going to be able to breathe. Like, that is my biggest fear in the world right now. Oh, I have an inhaler. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That'll be good for a little You bit. really do fear this shit, you fucking weirdo. Fuck yes, I do. Look at the book over there. Look uh, at the book on your bookshelf. The Eagles book. Yeah, what does uh, it say? Fearless. Okay. Yeah. That's what I am. I'm not Doug Peterson. <laughs> I... I, I am fearful. I have... <laughs> the title of my book, Fearful. Fearful. <laughs> <laughs> the B.P. Burke saga. Yes. <sighs> Filled with sadness <laughs> and fear. And Mostly fear. Fucking... What a... <laughs> fucking... What a weirdo. I'm quite cowardly. My lung fucking collapsed after my 11-hour surgery when uh-huh. I had cancer. Right. And the cancer spread to my fucking lungs. Uh-huh. I had uh, pneumonia twice. You remember that? Do you remember when I had pneumonia? Yeah. You almost, almost died, Fez. Fez? Yeah. Yeah. Fucking Ron, Ron talked about it on Ron and fucking Fez, which is our favorite radio show of all time. Yep. Um, Ron talked about me almost dying on the show. All right. I had a respiratory fucking Ill- illness a bunch of fucking times. Mm-hmm. 
here I am, still kicking. <laughs> yeah. Well, you should be afraid too then. <laughs> no, I'm, that's my point. As oh. I'm not, okay. I'm not fucking afraid to die because just because I'm not because the the fucking it's just, I'm just not afraid to die. I don't know. I'm not afraid of this shit. Oh, good for you. Yeah, I'm not. I, af- I'm terrified. I'm not afraid of it. I'm I'm, fear, I'm I'm afraid for other people. Right. I'm afraid for other people. I'm afraid for them too, but I'm I'm also afraid for me. You're gonna be fine. I, I'm gonna do my best. No, you're gonna be fine. I'm gonna I, go. You're gonna go out and you could, you're gonna shake hands with people. I'm not. No, that that's the thing is that you're not going to, and that's smart. But to sit there and say, like, oh, I'm not gonna get food because here's here's I'll, the thing. I'll get food. That I'm gonna I tell you. I'm gonna myself. tell you. I'm gonna tell you something. Uh-huh. The kids are coming over here Friday. Who do they live with? They live with their 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 uh, their mom mm-hmm. and their mom's fiance, who lives in a prison. He lives in a prison. Uh, who works in a prison rather. Uh-huh. Who is on the same block as people that were quarantined. Because they had coronavirus. I'm going to start looking up hotel rooms. No. So they're coming over. They'll be back here on Friday. Maybe they'll uh, be bringing it with them. Or I'll see uh, my stepdad tomorrow, uh, Friday morning, mm-hmm. who lives next door to my brother-in-law, mm-hmm. who also uh, was working with a guy that had it. Mm-hmm. It's going to be around here. You're going to come into contact with it. $89 a night. I got to find a cheaper hotel room. Your hotel rooms, you think they're going to be fucking wiped down good enough? Do you think that they... You th- <laughs> You're coming into contact with it. Um, yeah. Not if I can help it. No, you're, go- you're going to. You can't help it. That's the problem. You can't help it. We've never been prepared for this shit. All right. Uh, so as you heard in the ad break earlier, I have a new show coming up called Talking Back with Jackson Wells. It's going to be on a Project Humanoid Network. Um, and if it's not, if it's not on Project Humanoid, Project Humanoid is more of a state of mind at this point than a website, just because the website's kind of uh, uh, just not working properly uh, because I haven't been able to really update it. We're going to talk about toys, cartoons, just all nostalgia. Uh, for me, especially 80s, early 90s, um, you know, wrestling, just fond memories, things like that. Um, yeah, so that's going to be coming up very, very soon. Um, you can email me at talkingbackpod at gmail.com if you would like to be a guest, if you have things to talk about, if uh if you have ideas, suggestions uh, for the show, I'm hoping uh, you'll be a guest. I'm sure you will be. Probably be uh, for wrestling. I'm, I'm looking up Airbnbs. I'm sorry. You're not going to get any Airbnbs for what? A house that, that could possibly have it where you know yours doesn't? I don't. I know that now. I don't know that a couple days from now. Oh, it's gonna be. It's gonna keep happening. We're just gonna follow you. So, all right. Can you? Can we? Can we actually like? Can you be a big boy? And we. Uh, We will see you next week, maybe, with more murder and COVID, my dude.
Okay, this one is $76 a night times 30 days in a month. You know, Mr. Uh, Monk, he couldn't have dealt with it because he hang around with Sharona. <laughs> 